Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Center Stand podcast. This is season two, episode number seven of Center Stand, produced by the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows and hosted at ContinueTheRide.com. Today, we're going to explore a variety of ways to build exposure for the brands you work with, connect with your customers of all levels. Uh, and we are chatting with two industry professionals built big time successful careers. These guys are hot shots and uh, they are working at leading dealerships, um, have worked with OEMs, have worked with leading manufacturing brands. I want to welcome our two guests, Shaheen Alvandi, uh, general manager at Moto Corsa in Portland and Heath Coffrin, uh, technical and media comms for Alpine Stars Apparel. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Excellent. thanks, Robert. Uh, so, Heath, I'm going to start with you. It's great to have you sure. on the show. Um, sure. You uh, have had a passion for motorcycles forever, uh, and uh, you've raced. You've worked directly for brands, uh, and, um, and you've had a lot of experience uh, in the technical side mm -hmm. of our industry and you have an engineering background. So that's, yeah. there's a, you've got a, a sort of a unique, um, background that has led you into a career over at Alpine stars. Can you tell us, uh, give us a little bit of background and what that job entails for you? Yeah. So here, um, media communications, it's, uh, it's, it's our way of saying, you know, it's a marketing, you know, instead of saying marketing, we like the term communications because you're, communicating the products you're you're educating people um you're educating end users so it's communications is how we are explaining our products to the public and to help them be knowledgeable on how they operate how they work and basically what's the why like why do you need to have this and so my job one of them in connection with that is dealing with the working closely with outside media, say Cycle World, Motorcyclist, Motorcycle.com, working with those editors that go out and do a lot of test reviews on bikes or they test products. Um, one of my roles is to make sure they have our latest products for them to use um, for reviews, product testing, uh, bike launches. Um, another part of what I do is working with uh, VIPs or celebrities that also ride motorcycles and giving them experiences. Uh, there's a lot of people that we work that, with that are very passionate riders. And um, we like to make sure that they have the best protection possible. You know, a lot of these guys that do, are in the film industry, you know, they need to have the best protection when they're, you know, not filming so they can, you know, go to the next film and be safe and protected or be safe, uh, you know, with their bodies and, you know, not get injured doing the things that they love. Um, another thing that I do is working with our dealers on the event of, you know, how best to communicate their products through uh, digital communications, through social media, through one-on-one um, -on -one interactions with their customers, ways that we can help support that. It, it's basically inspiring the products and what Alpine Stars does in a very unique interesting way you know it's like selling without selling you don't want to hold up a jacket and say this jacket you need to buy it because of that you know our take on it is you know let me explain the materials that we're using and why we're using them and why this is a great pick for your style of riding uh, or what have you footwear i mean we make everything head to toe 
um, for off-road, um, for the street, so is everything from the neck down. Um, I am within connection with that also overseeing um, digital marketing, so all of our social media. Um, I kind of oversee all of that also. And um, that's it in a nutshell with a 20-minute answer of what I do. Um, there's a lot. You know, the, the company's reach is, you know, it, it would take a lot of companies to do what we do when you think about, you know, we do protection for mountain biking, any form of, of two wheels, um, also auto, four-wheel, uh, within the casual, there's also a fashion side of the brand that's, you know, a parent company. So there, there's a lot that Alpine Stars does. And so to make sure the brand is represented in the way it should be is a very premier brand, premier products. You know, that's one of the biggest important things to me is making sure that we are communicating as and who we are for a company that's almost 60 years old. So I think that point of uh, in your title of communications brings out the fact that it's a two-way conversation now. So marketing in an old school light used to be, uh, we're going to put our, our thing up in a shiny light and we're going to draw as much attention as we can to it. And then uh, hopefully the audience will love it. Nowadays, the audience is going to tell you right away whether or not they love it. They're going to do it on social media. They're going to get in touch with oh, you yeah. directly through your own channels. Um, so I think that's a key point is, uh, is comms. And I know that you have been a part of that for a very long time. Uh, I want to bring Shaheen into the conversation here. Uh, we are excited to have you on the show. Shaheen and I, um, along with Heath, have uh, hung out at uh, uh, MotoGP races in the past. Uh, right. And uh, Shaheen um, is also judging me right now because he also <laughs> is a podcaster. Uh, for Brap Talk, the Brap Talk podcast. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to being judged uh, through the phone line uh, by my uh, by our friend here. Shaheen is a general manager of Moto Courses in Portland, and that is America's top Ducati motorcycle uh, dealership, multi multi-time award-winning uh, dealership out there. Can you give us a little bit more of your background and and how motorcycling sort of has defined your life? You know, I've, I've been around motorcycles for most of my life, but uh, I don't, I don't, I always tell people I don't have that story that started at like me riding at the age of four or five years old. I really actually started riding a motorcycle when I was 16 or 17, uh, but I've always loved them. Uh, I was, I was, uh, I'm a Middle Eastern kid. So I, you know, grew up in Iran and my dad had motorcycles and I just was always around these old, you know, 150s and 250s and 350s that were two stroke. And so there's a, I always try to explain to people when I walk into a motorcycle dealership, there's a certain smell uh, and the old factory always rings back memories. So I have the privilege of doing that every day where I walk into a dealership and get to have that smell and that, that interaction and, uh, you know, just getting to bond with people on a daily basis. We, we have one of the most fun jobs on the planet, at least on the exterior, in that we get to let people smile every day. You know, they, they come to us to buy something they want, not something they need. We probably throw the word need around a lot because I need a motorcycle in my life and that's true <laughs> for me, but um, it's definitely a want thing. I mean, it's a thing that we have to recognize and, and we do recognize that there's not a thing in our dealership or really any dealership that is a necessity. Nobody in America needs to have one of these things. It's typically treated as a, like almost a high fashion statement to say, I've made it, I've done the thing, I've bought the bike, it's got emotional ties for me and I, you know, I like to have this one brand that I brandish in every way possible and so 
you know, once you recognize that as a dealership, you can sort of ease up a little bit and have fun with your customers. And that does, you know, that, that kind of allows you to have that same level of fun, whether somebody's buying a $3,000 Honda Grom or a $100,000 Ducati Superleggera V4, right? So um, we, you know, we're a shop that is in a very seasonal, very rainy city. That's not a big city at all. It's one of the smallest major cities in the West Coast. And we still get to have the, you know, high privilege of saying we've been number one six times. Um, and that has a lot to do with the culture and the people that we surround ourselves with and the general attitude that we have at that place. We, we, it's, it's just, like I said, it's a super fun industry and that's what we really exclaim on a lot every day. Um, so that's, that kind of, you know, is an explanation of motocorsa as a nutshell, but for me, myself, I've been riding since I was 16, 17 years old and it's always been in a very casual way. I never meant to be in the motorcycle industry. And then, you know, at the age of 20, Four, I wanted to become a mechanic and moved to Orlando, Florida, and you know did the tour of MMI and wasn't necessarily impressed with what I saw. And in a common, in a moment of woe, is me trying to figure out what to do with my life. I walked into a bike shop just to kind of get that, you know, that ambiance that I was talking about earlier, just to kind of pump me up a little bit. And uh, somehow got a job there selling motorcycles and immediately kind of hit it off. It became a thing that I was good at and was happy doing every day. And but lo and behold, you know, 17 years later, here I am still. <laughs> so with uh, with creeping up to two decades of experience in the industry here, um, we know that the industry has been evolving. But is it, in your opinion, Shaheen, is it evolving quickly enough? Mm, you know, that's that's kind of a loaded question because. You know, this industry, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not here to bore you with questions, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I like these dynamic questions. They're a lot more fun. Um, I, I think, and the reason I say it's a loaded question, uh, you know, it's a we're a very dynamic industry. I don't think being in the motorcycle industry is easy work at all. I, I kind of want to get that out of the way immediately. I don't care if you're doing comps for uh, Alpine Star, if you're the general manager of a motorcycle dealership, or doing what you do, Robert. It's it's there's a lot of personalities there's a lot of emotions there's a lot of you know these deep-rooted ties that people find themselves having in, the, in this thing when you buy a car most people look at their typical average you know transport car whether it be a honda toyota chevy ford whatever as just the thing they need to have to get them from point a to point b whereas on the motorcycle side there is just this emotional tie attached to it so that part of the job sometimes can be the most difficult part of the job even though it's oftentimes the most valuable side and, and probably the most giving side um so the reason i bring that up is because it it makes the overall industry in my eyes as a very dynamic and alive beast and so you're dealing with a lot of different people a lot of different personalities all the time whether it's on the oem side or the dealership side or the customer side and sometimes it's i think hard to understand that and grasp that and realize that it needs to be a constantly evolving thing and I've seen in my personal experience where, you know, I've always kind of jokingly called it the good old boys club where a couple of people who've been at the top of it want to make the decisions. And they're oftentimes made on what used to work back in the day as opposed to what may work later on. So the simple answer to what you asked, no, I don't think we, I don't think the industry evolves quite as quickly as it can. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's just so wildly dynamic that it, ne it can't necessarily um, cater to every single person's, you know, wants and needs. And so then as a 
you know, as an industry leader, you have to kind of decide, okay, what is the safest route so that we can, at the end of the day, sell motorcycles, sell gear, sell this, mm-hmm. sell that, so that we can have more asses on seats and kind of move forward. Um, so that's uh, that's why I say it's a loaded question. No, it's not moving forward fast enough, but the, the answer to it is that there is no, I don't think there is a silver bullet. It takes a lot of conversations like what you do on a weekly basis on your podcast. These, these are very important topics to discuss. Well, uh, I think that's that's spot on. You know, we've we've had conversations on prior episodes on Center Stand where um, the only the only one thing I see as a silver bullet in the um, you know I'll call it middle long term uh, is uh, getting every kid in every grade school to ride on two wheels, right? So mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, those programs uh, where we introduce elementary school kids on two wheels essentially is going to set up our base of ridership, you know, with, within as little as five years and, and for uh, decades after that. Um, and I think you're exactly right, Shaheen, is that it, there's a lot of little things that need to be done, which requires us to be pretty lithe in the way that we think about things. I think I just want to bring up the point that not everybody out there is a motorcyclist. We know that, you know, as, right. as, as people in our industry. But then even within the subset who call themselves motorcyclists, um, you know, there are, are people who are going to help us, you know, kind of promote and grow the category and other folks who just kind of, um, you know, take it as just as, you know, like an extra thing in their in their quiver, so to speak. So, Heath, mm-hmm. uh, your customer base is pretty darn broad. I mean, you've got absolute top level um racers mm-hmm. who who demand perfection and technical excellence and then at the same time the brand is also selling to this new wave of riders that we all know about that have mm-hmm. that have come in and a lot of this new wave of riders are coming from a generation that was that is like extremely safety conscious that is mm-hmm. you know or risk averse depending on which side of the teeter-totter you want to want to speak to well, um can you talk a little bit to how your one brand uh has the ability to kind of span these um these two audiences and whether sort of yeah. the Venn diagram kind of overlaps a little bit oh, of course i mean the company's foundation even when it began you know, as I mentioned almost 60 years ago, the foundation now and then was always racing. Because you think about, you know, what a racer goes through on any given moment, you know, pushing the boundaries of, of their machine, whether it be dirt, whether it be asphalt, whether it be anything. And the protection that's needed and required for riders of that level, I mean, it's the highest possible level of protection needed. So when you think what it takes to develop, um, formulate, create, understand materials that work, um, products that work, fitments that work for those levels of racing, I mean, it's the ultimate test of performance in a product. And then being able to take those products developed for riders going 250 miles an hour, breaking records to a guy just commuting to work or or a girl just riding to the coffee shop right there there's elements of protection you know from the highest level of racing to someone going to get a cup of coffee where the protection is needed right because you never know 
what could happen riding. And, you know, motorcycling is a, is a dangerous thing when you really think about the things that could happen. And so by having a foundation of racing and building products from that standpoint, you know, I, I see myself also as a rider that's riding on the street. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy to know that, that a company has put all this effort into protection on the racing side. And some of those elements are in my jacket, you know, riding to work every day because it's it's trust you know i mean it's all about trust you know you trust your your body with you know this protection like in the event something happens you know who are you going to trust with the protection for what you love to do you know every all of us that ride we know the joy that it brings and you talk about you know these new riders that are coming out and you know yes they're more safety conscious than ever you know and us as a brand you know, for 60 years, we're always looking to make it better. You know, you and airbag technology, you know, that we have for almost 20 years been a part of now, you know, that's essential. And so now we have a system, you know, that makes it more inviting than ever to be a motorcyclist, to have a universal airbag system that you could wear, you know, riding, commuting back and forth to work and have the same level of airbag protection as a MotoGP athlete. And so, you know, if people are self-conscious now about riding and like there, there isn't a better time for one, for riding and for two, the amount of safety protection that's available, you know, especially with what the developments we've been working on and continue to work on. And the whole point is to keep riders safe. And if there is an incident, you know, to keep them riding, you know, we've seen that time so, and time again with MotoGP and crashes, guys get back up and keep going. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, racing, you know, speaking to the expression of control at the extreme end of, of the spectrum uh, and somebody new coming into riding that maybe their biggest intimidation um, is not necessarily learning how to operate the vehicle, but maybe it's that what if, you know, what if I crash, what if something happens? So the, um, how are you able to distill that to somebody who's relatively new and maybe doesn't have that that comfort with risk yet i think that the best thing that we can do is to educate educate riders on on what this product is designed to do and the amount of impact energy that it takes away from the body you know we we have a an r d facility we have we have two we have one here in the u.s and we have a a very large r d facility in italy with the houses over 100 people and we test products and we test things over and over and over. You know, one part of that test is with the, this airbag system. When I talk about impact energy, you know, when someone crashes, you know, this this airbag system can take away up to 95% of that impact energy that's delivered to the body. You know, so so for us, it's about education on what our product has been designed to do. And to make that person go, you know, if you could, you know, this thing I learned from Zappos, if you can get someone to say, wow, three times about a product, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're pretty much they're going to be buying whatever that product is, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. with, you know, airbag technology, you know, we want people to go, oh, I didn't know you, it does that. And oh, I didn't know. Oh, it's this. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's education on what it is that we do and what it's designed to do to hopefully you know, let riders know what's available. You know, if they do have those 
second guesses of, oh, I don't know if I want to ride. It looks fun, but man, that's super scary. It's like, oh, but there's airbag technology to protect me? Huh, I'm going to give this a second thought. And, you know, that's what we want to do is just educate people of, of what's available. So, Shaheen, and, uh, within Moto Corsa, you have, again, that you, you're reflective of that wide variety of ridership out there, as, as you alluded right. to earlier. Um, uh, what, how are you addressing this, this new wave of ridership that's come in from the point of, you know, we were given this sort of bonus of the fact that we were an essential service and, and got to stay open largely through the, through the pandemic and, and motorcycles were a clear solution to social distancing, et cetera. We all know that now, but the trick now is as we come up into the second summer and people are renewing insurance and renewing registrations and that kind of thing, what is Moto Corsa as a dealership doing to retain uh, these customers and, and turn them into advocates? Well, one of the, one of the biggest assets that Motocorsa has created is our customer engagement. It's, it's a big part of our, mm-hmm. you know, business plan. It's a, it's a thing you have to constantly work on and, and change your approach. Um, you know, and that, that should be a thing that you do regardless of what's going on in the world and, you know, whether there's a pandemic or not, but for us, you know, it, it was interesting to suddenly have that aha moment of last year to say, you know what, this is sort of the original social distancing tool you put on your helmet get on your (laughs) motorcycle and go do the thing yeah um initially you know admittedly i didn't ride my motorcycle for about a month uh you know last february march time just because my my wife works in the health health industry and it seemed like the hospitals were sort of overwhelmed so i sort of took a vow to myself you know what i'm not going to get on the bike because there's always that just in case aspect of what if Mm -hmm. something goes wrong that is completely out of my hands so once that sort of got pushed aside and i noticed that things were more or less back to a point where the hospitals could maybe handle if something happened, if I somehow sprained an ankle or something. Um, then I started concentrating a little bit more on the idea of, you know, this social distancing tool that we've always had at our hands, because mm-hmm. even if you ride in a group, you're still on your own motorcycle in your own little bubble doing your own little thing. So I think um, I, we, we do get that. And our audience gets that. My, my question right. to you is like, what, you know, looking forward, looking ahead to this coming summer, what are we going to do to keep these people uh, in our world as their lives begin to return to normal, quote unquote, and um, uh, and all the other complications of life that, that you were able to sort of set aside in order to go motorcycling, start to percolate back up. What, what, what are you guys doing to kind of retain those, those return and newbie riders? I, I would love to chime in on, I would love to chime in on that. If that's okay, Shaheen. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So, you know, with with us, Alpine Stars has multiple partners, you know, in the form of rider education. Mm-hmm. And I think now is the primary time, you know, to to think about, you know, not only from a dealer event side and Shaheen's just fantastic at putting together uh, dealer programs and ride days. And, you know, he has some coming up, I believe, some track experiences. And, right. you know, from from his standpoint, you know, he can take that I'm speaking for him, but, you know, he could take those opportunities to to say, you know, this is something that we do also as a brand. Um, hey, you've bought a new a bike or a product from us. You know, we'd love to have you come out and, you know, ride with our team. And, you know, maybe we have some of our 
more experienced riders, you know, guide you through what this is like and maybe becoming a better rider on your bike. Right. So to me, it's it's rider education. You know, we support, like I said, some of these schools and, you know, these schools are, are pretty much sold out right now. You know, and I think the fact of educating people that are new to riding, like, hey, there's, you know, Yamaha Champions Riding School. There's California Superbike School, you know, some fantastic organizations with top professionals that, you know, these aren't just for racers. You know, I took the, the Yamaha Champions School. Um not that long ago and i was like blown away on how you know entry level they can go to the most advanced level because it's all about how to control the motorcycle to to the best of its abilities so at the at the dealership level then is it um one of the uh, tactical solutions to organize that day not to just turn around and say hey you can go register over at this school and go have fun but to be a catalyst to get a group of people to go together and then maybe your dealership is hosting the, you know, the hot dog broil over it uh, during XYZ's <laughs> brand's track day. Are you, is that what you're talking about? So, I mean, let me, I'll, I'll step in here. Um, for, for us, for 2021, uh, you know, the word I'd used earlier is engagement. Customer engagement is a really, really big deal. And I, I like that he calls it uh, education because ultimately is that, you know, mm-hmm. for us, when we're educating people, we try to put it in, you know, layperson's terms so that it's, uh, appeals to everybody and it's fully inclusive um so for us there's going to be you know again we are really known for our our group settings and that's the thing that we sort of have to think about how do we do this how do we make it where we can engage our customers this year as things get to some semblance of normalcy as we're all getting vaccinated one by one Mm -hmm. and so for for portland and motocorsa in particular we have you know four or five track days coming up we've got several demo days that we'll put together that you know, will allow customers to come see new exciting motorcycles uh, to be able to ride them. And there will be, you know, food there and, and just an open, sort of an open, safe environment where you can come hang out, have fun, be part of the conversation and maybe take something away from it, whether it's in the form of a new motorcycle or new gear, your new Alpine Star, you know, Tech Air vest that I just picked one up with, by the way, it's awesome. Nice. Um, um, so... We're doing that. I've got a couple of adventure days set up where we're going to teach our multi-strata and scrambler. And even again, you don't have to be a Ducati rider to join us, just like our track days. You bring your adventure motorcycle, whether it's a light, medium, or heavy you know, weight motorcycle to the local motocross track where we're going to use the parking lot area and uh, you know, instructors to show you what I call ADV 101 days mm-hmm. uh, of how to handle this thing, how to, how to have mm-hmm. fun doing it. If you want to go out and sample, we'll show you how to pack this thing up. We'll have companies like Alpine Star there with a couple of, you know, key ingredients as far as gear of how to get dressed comfortably for this thing you want to do. If you want to go for an adventure day, everybody that knows me knows I love doing long rides. A couple of years ago, I rode down to Cabo San Lucas from Portland and back. And, you know, those are stories that you can retell later on and get people sort of inspired to maybe do something, maybe not quite as drastic, but still something similar where you go for an overnighter on your motorcycle. So. Track days, demo days, adventure days. We've got, uh, you know, taking parts with the one show that happens here annually, the the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride that I'm going to try and partner up with, which is happening next month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tour Tech Rally that's happening towards the end of the quote-unquote season, which is in September this year. So all mm-hmm. kinds of engagement. And that's really the trick, right? When people buy motorcycles, from what I've noticed, I don't want to say every one of them, but a lot of them, they're looking, they're looking for some kind of like a bonding commonality between each mm-hmm. other. Um, 
I just bought a motorcycle. Can I meet other riders? Can I go yep. you know, for rides with you? Are you guys going to do rides? Absolutely. We do, you know, a Sunday ride every other week at Motocor. So we meet at nine o'clock, grab some coffee together and go for a nice little ride and grab a burger later on, you know? So, so Shaheen, can, can I ask you to expand on something here? I want, I, I want to expand on the fact that, that you mentioned in your earlier comments um, that you are inclusive, not necessarily exclusive, right? That you yeah. want people of other brands to come in. And I think that's one of the challenges that we face in our industry is we we get, uh, you know, and in my old history with uh, uh, Indian Motorcycle being a challenger brand to, you know, Harley Davidson is um, right. how do how do you manage both sides of that equation, right? You obviously want to pull in new customers, um, but you want to also make the guy who, who or man or woman who, who chose to buy your product feel like that they're inside that club. Can you speak to that balance a little bit of that, that inclusivity within a premium brand? I think, you know, just like I said earlier, it's, it's sort of a, it's a very dynamic thing. The, I think the worst thing you could do as a as a brand ambassador or as a dealership is to make somebody feel silly for having your competitors, you know, uh, wares, whether it's a motorcycle or gear or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you show up, if you show up to my shop on a on a on an Aprilia or a BMW or a Kawasaki, we're not gonna talk you down for having that. We're gonna congratulate you for even being a motorcyclist first and foremost. This is the most important part of the equation mm-hmm. for us. The thing we all have in common isn't the fact that we're Ducatisti, it's the fact that we're all motorcyclists. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole reason we all wave at each other on the street, you know, complete strangers wave at each other on motorcycles. I don't care if you're on a Harley or on a Vespa, you're going to get that wave from me because holy crap, you're doing the thing. So that that is a big attitude adjustment that I think needs to happen on a dealer side to make sure that your staff, sales, everybody speaks the same language, speaks the same inclusive language of welcome. You're welcome here. You're part of us. We'll joke you're around right. with you. We'll say, you know, you know, this is a Ducati dealership, but you're welcome on your motorcycle. And if you don't have a Ducati, you got to park it across the street so we don't have to look at it. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. um, and we got to, you know, we got to have digs at each other. That's part of being oh, a yeah. motorcyclist. Yep. You know, but as a as a professional, you know, having having a language that makes somebody feel excluded is disgusting. That's how it's yeah. perceived as disgusting. It's comfortable. comfortable. And so, Right. You you want to feel comfortable. And, and uh, I mean, on our podcast, we always talk about one of the, you know, one of the most untapped uh, resources for motorcyclists is female riders, because historically, they've not been a large part of our group. And so at Motocorsa, you know, it's like, okay, well, how do I do, what do I do to bring more female riders to us? Well, I need to have more female staff. I need to have more female friendly language. I need to have something that doesn't make it feel like a good old boys uh, club. This is something where everybody's welcome on yeah. any size motorcycle, whether it's a 250 or a, you know, 1100 doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that thought process, that attitude, that language is something that needs to be a sort of trickle down from the management down to the, you know, staffs where everybody understands that we at Motocorsa have daily meetings in the front of house. And then a weekly meeting for the entire shop where we reiterate these things, because, I always tell my, you know, my employees, listen, at the end of the day, we get used to doing this thing every day. It's the same old, same old for us. And it can get really easy to get jaded by it. But remember, every customer that walks through these doors, this may be their very first experience at not even a Ducati dealership, but a motorcycle dealership. So assume that. Assume that whoever is walking in through the doors has never had this experience and make them feel at home immediately. Make them feel welcome. Be excited that they're here as a part of what we do. 
Because like I said earlier, nothing we do here is a necessity. It's a want, it's a desire, it's an attitude. It's, you know, a, a thing to be able to show off that you've done because you've made it. And, and part of making it is being able to say, hey, I'm a motorcyclist. I'm doing this inherently dangerous thing and it's mm-hmm. making me feel alive and cool and awesome. And so that dealership experience, and you know, this is kind of the thing that I think a lot of dealerships sometimes forget in the, in the humdrum of business. That, that experience doesn't end at the sale. It, it continues on going on. The most expensive customer is a brand new customer. That costs money to bring that person in through the doors, whereas a referral customer is the most wonderful customer that pays for themselves over and over and over again. And the best thing you can do is make that person feel like they're your best friend every time they come through the door. Yeah, and it's just you know, not that hard to do. Yep. And it's like, just like you do, Shaheen, like, you know, I've been in many dealerships, you know, even before I was in the industry and like coming into your dealership, you know, I really honestly felt like your staff was family. And like the first time I was there, I was like, man, these guys are tight. Like everyone just seemed like they were each other's best friend. And like coming into a dealership from my perspective with that kind of energy, I mean, that was uplifting. You know, and I'm sure that's why your your customers are so dedicated to you because of, you know, everything is about an energy and about how you make people feel. And like for me, I immediately felt welcome. It's like, yeah, I know I'm in the industry, but still like your people are your people and they're going to act the way they're going to act, you know, regardless of who's there. And I think that what you've kind of represented with your dealership is that, you know, is that family environment that that family atmosphere for everyone supports each other and cares about you know what's happening within the dealership and that's something that i felt you know from the beginning coming in that place so so heath to to heath to expand on that a little bit um you have to have patience these days you have to be quick to be able to um uh to communicate to answer questions, do that sort of thing. But at the same time, you have to balance that patience to build the relationship. And that's something that I know that, uh, um, you know, uh, I mean, I've got a mishmash of gear, you know, Dainese stuff and Alpine Star stuff and mm-hmm. Lee Parks this and so on and so forth, right? It's a big mishmash of stuff that I change around depending on what the mission is in front of us. But the, the patience... Um, to learn that, oh, this is the kind of jacket I prefer. This is the kind of, you know, uh, boots I'm the most comfortable in, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, When I have been around any brand, it's not just a dealership thing, but any brand that immediately goes into what can we sell you today? (laughs) I almost, I, it's like, it's such a a baggage, you know, for that. And so can you speak a little bit to that, that experience of uh, not only the the inclusivity that we've been talking about, but how some sometimes converting that person is like converting a religion. It's just going to take time. Yeah, and I, and I, and I I've had some experience. I've never worked in a dealership, you know, in my life. But you know, through our partnerships, I've spent days in dealerships, you know, at some activations, and of course, being there as an Alpine Stars representative. You know, I put myself in those shoes as if I did work for that dealership. And I was at a dealership, I don't know, about six years ago, and I was just on the floor and I wanted their their sales reps in the dealership to kind of observe how I approached people, you know, that were, you know, they couldn't even be 
looking at Alpine Stars gear. You know, they could be looking at anything. And so this one gentleman, you know, talking about patience and, you know, this really connects in well with that. So this guy had just bought a brand new bike from this dealer that I was in. And he was basically saying, you know, which gloves should I buy? Mm-hmm. You know, and rather than me going, well, you know, this is our top of the line glove. You know, let me show you that. I, I basically was like, hey, so what's your name? He's like, oh, my name's Tom. I'm like, cool, Tom. What kind of bike did you get? He's like, oh, I bought uh-huh. such such bike. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, so what are the, do you live in LA or did you come from somewhere else? Like, what are some of the conditions that, that you ride in? Right. And so you see where I'm going? Like, my goal is to, to have the patience to understand the end result of what the rider's needs are. Because mm-hmm. with Alpine Stars, I mean, we have gloves in any possible condition that you could think of. We have a glove that's purposed for that. Like myself, I have like six different pairs of gloves, depending on what kind of riding I'm doing, what kind of bike that I'm on, what are the conditions. And so to me, the patience is just uh, education on the products that are available and what each of them does, you know. And of course, we want people to choose Alpine Stars because of the range and variety that we have, but also, you know, the brand that we've created, you know, that we're the fastest people in the world, trust themselves, whether it be Dakar, you know, the last, I don't even recall how many championships have been with Alpine Stars and MotoGP and World Superbike and, you know, you name it, motocross, on and on and on. These riders trust Alpine Stars. So we hope that people see that branding as a way to go, oh, you know, I've seen that brand, you know, but I don't know what glove I should be wearing and to educate them on what glove is best fit for them. You know, hopefully we, they choose Alpine Stars, um, but the, the, the underlying thing is just, education for that that patience that you're talking about and helping people to know that we make something for every kind of riding you could possibly imagine so shaheen at the dealership reflective of what heath just said um with the with the new riders coming in these folks who are seeing the social distancing tool of motorcycling how was that represented at your dealership i mean are these you know uh uh wealthy individuals coming in who are still working was it like um uh you know uh, younger people who had never even touched a motorcycle before um what was the scene like in your dealership and and was there an average or was it, it was it incredibly diverse um it was fairly diverse for us but you know i mean far as the you know outgoing unit price if that's what we're talking about but far as the people that were coming in yeah, it was, it was people that are on the professional level. Uh, you know, Portland's got a pretty large, you know, IT group. So there's a lot of people in the tech industry here. And, you know, we've got uh, Intel not far from us. Nike's here. Adidas is here. Under Armour's here. And so a lot of these companies still have people that were working from home uh, and suddenly found themselves with a lot of extra time, right? Uh, there was almost like a reallocation of, of, of funding in these mm-hmm. homes and people suddenly saying, Oh wow, I've got this extra bit of money that I'm not spending going out drinking or eating, dining out every day. And so that suddenly is like a two to $300 a month payment that you can afford doing stuff. And so we saw a lot of people coming in that, you know, fi- suddenly found themselves with extra time and what better way of doing that than to go out and sort of reconnect with nature because you can't go to a restaurant anymore, but you can still go out to, your local favorite curvy road or your local favorite, you know, OHB area 
and kind of play a little bit. And I think we've so, seen that across the board in the in the um, you know in, in the industry, whether it's motorcycles or four wheelers or anything. Sure. So in in uh, in your market, can you speak a little bit to the psychographic of these people coming in? Were they already sold on motorcycling, or or did you have to like sort of push them over the edge. And what and what I'm ultimately drilling towards is is what we're going to have to do to keep them in our world here. But uh, uh, were these people who um, needed that convincing to ride or or were they already on board with that concept? I would say majority of them were already on board. I think the mm -hmm. new ridership wasn't quite as, as much. Uh, I think that's one of the sort of I would say maybe one of the issues that we're finding in the industry is, you know, how do we communicate with a whole new set of riders? What language do we have to use with a new, younger set of riders that aren't quite as gung-ho about motorcycles as maybe I was when I was 16 years old? Right. Uh, you know, what is different there? What is what is the thing that's exciting them? Is it tech? Is it is it an e-bike? Is it, you know, having an airbag suit? And it's, again, it's a dynamic question that, that has probably many different facets. So no, to answer your question, I think majority of people that were buying from us were already motorcyclists, um, and so we had maybe a, a smaller amount of new riders. Now maybe that's maybe even the case for me because I'm in a Ducati dealership, and nine out of ten times a lot of new riders don't immediately come to Ducati because there's a stigma mm -hmm. that it's too expensive it's to maintain, to purchase, to do anything with. So we as Motocorsa go out of our way to kind of explain to people, no, we've got options for all of you. This new monster 937 that's coming out that's i mean we all kind of know that bike's going to be competing against japanese rivals more than it is the you know sort of luxury european brand mm -hmm. so you know you have to now speak a language from oem down to dealership that says hey if you're looking at an fz09 you should also look at this monster because it's not going to cost you a whole lot more per month because chances are you're a budgeted monthly buyer and this can fit in your realm pretty easily so the point to the point both of you guys represent premium brands. So on the back end of a wave of new riders who come who came in, who maybe they are buying, you know, their first bike uh, and maybe I'm just we will paint the picture that it's uh, somebody buying a you know a Honda um, you know CBR 300, right? And right. Uh, and that's their their first motorcycle and maybe they're in cycle gear and they're buying a store brand you know, jacket because kind of they're they're not sure how far they're in. Can you speak a little bit to that opportunity of retention and moving them up the sort of brand ladder? And it's like we've, we've so we've sort of brought them into the category now, and we've and and we've welcomed them. Uh, I think that there's this huge opportunity on the retention side of of keeping them in and moving them up into brands like like Ducati or Harley Davidson or, or other premium brands like that. I I'll, I'll totally. speak in really quickly about that. Cause I, I think it's a natural flow. Right. I mean, and I, I look at the first bike, you know, that I bought my Triumph Bonneville, you know, I went in because that was the coolest looking bike and um, it wasn't very expensive. And like the gear that I first had, you know, a lot of it was given to me by other people. Cause I'm like, I didn't have a lot of money. And um, I think, as you grow as a rider, as these people that have bought bikes, you know, I'm just looking at my experience. As you grow riding the bike more, 
you start to see more. You start to say, oh, you know what? Maybe these aren't the best gloves I should be wearing. Right. Maybe I should kind of step it up and get a, you know, what's the what's a better glove that I can get? Or and then as you grow as a rider, you're like, you know, I've kind of outgrown this Bonneville. You know what else is out there? So to me, I think there's a natural progression that just happens, you know, as you become a rider. And, you know, what Shaheen does, you build this engagement like, hey, come ride with us. It's like, oh, I have people I can go ride with. It's like that's going to help keep people engaged. You know, it's like right. then you then you have a family. You know, Shaheen's done that. You know, we create that with Alpine Stars, like this Alpine Stars family of of riders and products. It's the whole point, you know, of what Shaheen does and what we do. When you really think about it, it's why would you go anywhere else? You know, we support you as a rider for anything. Shaheen, you know, we're going to have ride days. We're going to teach you about this. We're going to have fun time. Hey, we got new bikes that came in. You want to come check it out and see what's happening? It's like you create those those family type environments to where you know we're we're pack animals, uh, you know us as human beings. So you tie that into with the the joy that motorcycling brings. It's like you're not leaving, <laughs> you know. You know I came into this game very late. You know I bought my motorcycle very late in the game, but you know I'm not going anywhere. You know, and all the people that are on this you know call and listening. You know, you, you're in this world because you love motorcycles. And I think it's just a natural evolvement, you know, to keep people in the sport is just to keep things engaging and keep people feeling like they're part of a family and like to constantly grow to let them know what's available. So I think to that point, as we wrap things up here, um, this is not a year to be lazy. <laughs> we cannot take last year's gift for granted and just assume that there's just going to be a whole bunch of people that are staying uh, and automatically moving up the ladder. There is huge opportunity right. mm -hmm. in this coming year and especially in the express. And, and I don't want this to feel like it's a seed for the conversation about IMS outdoors, but as we are, you know, beginning to, uh, you know, roll out all the different features that are on IMS Outdoors. There's also dealership experiences that are, or events experiences that are going to be expressed. Um, so Alpine Stars has been around a lot of event stuff, a lot of racing type stuff, obviously, and, and that direct, you know, consumer contact. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got to imagine that Moto Corsa is going to be leveraging events um, you know, that are, are not only in your own parking lot, but maybe something that's happening, you know, over the horizon that calls for a ride to go get there. So I think that, um, um, we're not, you know, we're not going to get a lot of weekends off this summer. I think it's going to be mm -hmm. time to, time to hustle <laughs> this year. Do you guys agree? I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, I was just telling my wife this last night, you know, just looking at my calendar from now until September, I don't really have a weekend off. And I, I mean, that's part of being a seasonal uh, city, right? And you, you said it perfectly. This is not the summer to be lazy. You have to be proactive. We should be like that every year anyway. Yeah, we exactly. Were given this, we were given this huge, you know, sort of gift, as you called it, last year. Uh, you know, we, we found the silver lining in the clouds, and we ran with it. And now, as any dealership, if you've got, you know, if you're already in business, you're showing up every day, do that little extra bit. It, it really doesn't cost you anything extra to be there, to be, you know, talking to people, to get people engaged. That That is such a powerful word, engagement. 
Mm-hmm. And I've seen dealers around us who look baffled by it. What do you mean engagement? Ah, just be involved. Be involved in the local writing community. Be involved with the you know, local community in general and let people understand who you are. Motocorsa isn't famous because we did something stupid. Motocorsa is famous because we're constantly out there doing stuff. We're constantly trying to be engaged with our, with our fellow riders, whether they're local or national or international. Um, and that, that means showing up to an intermediate uh, you know, motorcycle riding class with a couple of motorcycles to let them ride during their lunch break. Have fun with it. You're already there. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It might cost you a couple of hours extra, but the dividends from that, what returns from that is unbelievable, and it's long-term. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I could not agree more with you. I would, I would high-five you if you were here. You, you, can't, you cannot be lazy this year. You got to keep moving. You got to keep doing stuff. And you have to set that expectation with your employees. If you're a dealer, general manager, or principal, ex, you know, explain that stuff now so nobody's caught off guard. But also realize that you're working with human beings and they have limited bandwidth. And at some point, they're going to need some kind of a break and a cutoff from this thing. So don't work people to death, but know that it's going to be a busy summer and figure out how to schedule it properly so that your top salesperson can also have maybe an additional weekend off where they can just relax for a minute, go out of the, uh, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, in, in connection with Alpine Stars and that whole mentality, you know, one of our internal slogans is progression never sleeps. And that's just us as a brand anyway. I mean, when you think about the reach that Alpine Stars has as a brand, I mean, even this weekend, we're, we're at four different events. On mm-hmm. Monday, I'm at a dealer-supported event, and I have four more, you know, this this month supporting our dealers and ways that we can, you know, engage. You know, we've said that word probably more than anything today. Engage with, you know, the support of our dealers and to um, inspire riders. You know, when we go to these these events that our dealers are putting on, you know, we're not there selling people anything because people come to us and say, oh, can I buy this? I'm like, no, we're we're just educating you. We're letting you try this garment on to see how you like it. You want to go on the track and wear this brand new suit? You know, go ahead. Here, here's your opportunity to try this out. So it's, you know, now is the time to educate and to, hey, here's a chance to to try some gear on or to go on this ride. Like, yes, now is the time to really, you know, put the throttle down and to, to really connect with customers and to educate them on on what it is you do as a brand, as a dealer, you know, to keep people riding, to keep people safe and to to not let any bikes go, you know, on cycle trader because it's like, oh yeah, it was kind of cool for a little while, but yeah, I don't know if I want to keep this cycle. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. What what do we do wrong here? We want people to keep people riding and keep this fun because this, you know, this Motorcycling changed my life, you know, and imagine how many people this is all about to do that for with just a proper little guide, a little step down the road of education or a step down the road with a a coffee ride with Motocorsa. Like all these little things will help keep people in this industry and growing, you know, from a monster to a Panigale or to, you know, all these growths, you know, that just happen as a rider progressing. So you guys did a great job of um, uh, grabbing the microphone and speaking to our audience about um, sort of like a big overarching thing. And we typically ask at the end of these interviews that if we were to address the entire motorcycle industry 
at what time, what would you want to say to them? But I feel like you guys have said that, yeah, and I appreciate that. that. You said that. <laughs> so I'm going to change the question a little bit. I'm, put, I'm putting you guys on the spot. If you have a short sentence that can fit on a bumper sticker, and you were to go up and uh, and put it on a uh, 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 on all the OEMs dealers cars out in a parking lot, for instance, what would that bumper sticker say? Shaheen, you're on the spot. <laughs> you know, I always joke around with everybody that knows me, and I yell safety third at them, and they always ask me what does what is one and two, and the joke is that I can't legally tell you what one and two is, but in a in that sort of Zen sort of way is that you know. Be nice to others, have fun, and be safe. Uh, and that's yes. sort of what we do at Motocorso. We, we try to be as kind to everybody as possible and have fun with them and be safe about it in, in the best way possible. Um, you know, like I said, nothing we do here is that serious. We're just riding motorcycles and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to change people's lives one day at a time. Because like he said perfectly, this, this, this little lifestyle we live has changed my life in the most prolific way so many times. Mm -hmm. uh, so Shaheen obviously doesn't know how to write obviously you don't know how to write <laughs> no. bumper stickers no man i'm not a wordsmith <laughs> I'm, I'm an explainer <laughs> no sir no sir so so, so, so shaheen's bump, bumper so, sticker so, will stick with safety third <laughs> yeah. i think your bumper sticker is keep it fun every day i think that's the one that you that's would right. put on to how about that can we do that i'll take it i'll take it all right I'll because take i i can't i can't let you go with safety third and then turn around to the alpine stars guy <laughs> that's why he's my all friend right. he keeps it he gets to keep me safe right, get, exactly so heath which what what's your bumper sticker safe uh my bumper sticker is the foundation for for who we are and what we do it's alpine stars protects i mean that's it that that's that's what we do in a in a very small in case nutshell but that, those words are are very big when you really break them down as to what we do in 60 years we started out as the first you know, company to ever make a purpose motocross boot. And the underlying, you know, factor was protecting riders, you know, 60 years. And here we are that long. And the foundation is the same, is protecting riders and, and drivers now. So Alpine Stars protects. That, that's what I'll say. That's it. Protecting the industry. I like it. Yep. Yep. yep, and uh, and keeping our customers around so we can yeah. continue to ride. I want to thank our two guests today on the Center Stand podcast, uh, Shaheen Alvandi, general manager at Moto Corsa uh, in the beautiful, if slightly damp, city of Portland. He's also the co-host of Brap Talk, that podcast. And someday, if there's ever a two-stroke V4 street fighter, you know Shaheen's slapping down a deposit on that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then uh, Heath Coffrin is our um, technical and media comms for Alpine Stars, uh, dyed-in-the-wool enthusiast, and um, has got a great perspective on our industry. I want to thank both of you guys for joining us. Um, you can follow International Motorcycle Shows on LinkedIn, uh, sneak peeks to upcoming episodes, news from IMS Outdoors, and we're going to keep bringing these conversations, these ideas, and tactical ways to support our industry and your customers on Center Stand in every episode. Um, please share the Center Stand podcast through all your popular podcasting uh, platforms. Uh, and if you have any topics you would like us to address uh, during this season of Center Stand, reach out to us directly at IMSPR 
at informa.com. That's I-M-S-P-R at informa.com. So we've got our uh, uh, upcoming e-newsletter uh, that's going to dive a little bit deeper into these topics. Um, if you get tired of listening to our voice, you can read our <laughs> words uh, on that newsletter, uh, and we appreciate the attention there. So once again, thanks very much, Shaheen and Heath. Thanks, uh, Robert. Or to uh, seeing you guys uh, at a track day or an event or just somewhere fun on two wheels. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Thanks Thank a lot. So thanks much. for having us.